and welcome to the fourth episode of North Carolina Corn Kernels. This is your host, Dr. Ron Heiniger. I'm the cropping system specialist at North Carolina State University. And today we're going to talk about a timely topic, and that is stink bugs in corn. And who better to do that than the world-leading expert in stink bugs, and that's Dr. Dominic Reisig, an entomologist at North Carolina State University. And we're going to talk to him a little bit about stink bugs uh, where they occur in corn, and how to scout for them, and what we can do to at least get some control on them. So, Dominic, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Ron, and uh, thanks for the generous title. Definitely <laughs> not the world expert on stink bugs, but but our program might be a leading program on stink bugs in corn, unfortunately, because it's it's kind of a southeastern U.S. issue. Well, that's, whenever I go look at literature, and I do from time to time, well, I, your name pops up in stink bugs, so certainly you and your students have done some really valuable work in this area. Anyway, let's, uh, let me jump right in with some questions for you. What are the types or species of stink bugs that we're worried about in corn? We could commonly encounter five species, uh, and it's kind of important to know what they are because they're biology dippers, and if you understand what they are in their biology, you can kind of game it to know what you might expect to find. I'd say our most common is brown stink bug. That's the one most folks are familiar with in beans and cotton and wheat. Uh, there's the southern green stink bug. That one tends to be more prevalent when we have warmer winters. And we've had so many warm winters in a row, we've really seen these populations build. As you mentioned, we have the green stink bug. So it's different than the southern green. That's a native stink bug. It, it does show up in corn from time to time. Uh, we also have rice stink bug which is not a pest of corn, but we'll oftentimes see it in corn. And then as you get past the fall line west towards the mountains, we'll see some brown marmorated stink bug as well. Yeah, it's a, whenever I think about uh, corn, well, I oftentimes think about what I, you see when you get uh, a bin full of wheat as you're harvested through the field. Yeah. You see all those brown stink bugs showing up in there. That It's interesting to know which ones I should be worried about as well, I think it's, about it's good you mentioned that because in wheat, the two primary ones are the brown and the rice stink bug. So when I get the call of, I got stink bugs in my in my wheat, I'm like, well, is it the brown or is it the rice? Because we know the rice isn't a problem in corn. So it, it's important to know those differences. Yeah, it sure is. Kind of damage when we think about corn, can stink bugs cause to a corn crop? And when did when is that damage the most uh, severe? Yeah, so there's kind of three different time periods when they can damage the corn. The first is when the corn is a seedling, and maybe not surprisingly, the earlier they hit it, the more potential for, for damage. We did some cage studies for a few years where we infested corn at different levels, different kinds of seed treatments and furrows. And in one year, we infested them with V2 and saw very severe yield impacts. The next year was maybe V3, V4, and didn't see any yield impacts. So that just goes to show you how important it is to know what growth stage they're hitting the corn. And the other thing I'll say associated with those is the seed treatments were pretty darn effective. So uh -huh. most of our corn is going out with at least a 500 rate, some is with a 1250 uh -huh. rate. I think we don't see a lot more seedling injury than we might see just because we have so many seed treatments. Second time period, which is really probably the most damaging across the state, is when that primary year is forming prior to tassel and, and when the, before the silks come out. And if they're able to penetrate through, through the leaf sheath there and feed on that ear as it's developing, they're killing cells that haven't yet divided. So when those cells do divide and that ear grows out, you have that 
classic banana shaped or boomerang ear, missing kernels, issues with pollination, associated mycotoxins and things like that. But we can also see issues after it after it's pollinated and when those kernels are filling, they can damage kernels directly, uh, cause direct yield loss and probably transmit mycotoxins, although the, the link there with mycotoxins is not really well known. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that critical time around the ear formation because indeed a lot of our corn, or at least the earlier planted corn, is getting into that V8, V10 stage where that ear development really starting to ramp up. And here we are cutting wheat uh, all at the same time. It's one of these stages that I think we're probably looking at right at this moment in a lot of our corn crop out there. So what should farmers be doing here now to scout for these? What can they what should they do? What can they do? And how can they do it the best way possible? Yeah, it makes it a little tricky to scout for stink bugs because, as you, you know, you mentioned wheat. That's just one of many sources. These animals will feed on anything. And I mean anything. We've caged them on uh, pine needles. They can sustain themselves on pine needles. We had one on a, in the lab on a couple for a couple months on Christmas cactus. So... <laughs> What sources are there in the environment? Anything and everything. But they do have their favorites. You mentioned one that's wheat. And so any any growers that have corn near wheat should be checking now. They will move from that wheat prior to harvest into the corn. But also up to five days after the harvest, we've seen movement from stink bugs into corn. So that's, that's really a place that, that they should check. But really all corn should be checked and, and really focusing in on fields that are maybe one to two weeks from tasseling. So it's, you know, it's going to have some size on it and whatnot. What I encourage growers and, and other folks that are scouting for growers to do is to focus on the field edges. Uh, the reason for that is if you find stink bugs on the field edges, that's a good indicator that you should go into the field interior and see what's going on. If you don't find stink bugs on the field edge, they're almost certainly not in the field interior. So you're not missing anything. Uh, we used to recommend sampling the whole plant and you can still do that, but we have found that you can actually be really precise if you focus in on certain areas of the plant. And so that time prior to tasseling is two leaves above and one leaf below where the primary area is. That'll save you about 60% of sampling time rather than sampling the whole plant. If folks do choose to sample in that way, they need to use our partial plant sampling thresholds. And those are posted on the corn portal on a sidebar called stink bug management in corn. How are you going to find the primary ear when it's not poking yeah. out? You can pull back those leaves and find the the biggest ear sheath that's that's forming. When you find that biggest ear, you're going to kind of know within a note or two where that is and then get a search image. And if you get that search image as you're cruising along, then you can find those stink bugs pretty pretty well. You still have to look. They like to they see you coming, they like hiding underneath things, and it's it's not easier for the faint of heart, but that's that's the way to do it. I'm one of those who's a lazy when it comes to scouting, and I like to do it quick and dirty, you get in and get out. And I think some of this is really helpful to know to scout along the edges. You know, I agree. I've seen stink bugs in fields where wheat wasn't even near the doggone field. They tend to tend to like roadside ditches and wooded areas and stuff like that. But being able to scout quickly and effectively, I think, for many of our growers is really, really important there. So that's a really good piece of advice there. 
you know, as I think about scouting at thresholds, what is there some things that we can do then as far as treating if we reach threshold levels? Yeah, if if folks reach threshold levels, it's going to pay to treat with an insecticide. This is a true economic threshold. We've done the studies that have said, you know, if you have this many bugs, they're going to cause this much damage. It's going to cost you this much to treat. Therefore, it's economical to treat. So it's not going to present prevent 100% of yield loss, but it's going to be cost effective to treat. Your, your loss is going to equal the money you're putting into it. And so what we recommend folks do is to spray bifenthrin. Bifenthrin is in the pyrethroid class, but it tends to be a little bit hotter on some of our stink bugs, especially that brown stink bug I mentioned. I think there's a couple reasons for that. One is if you look at the amount of active ingredient in the highest labeled rate, it's usually three times higher than a lot of other labeled pyrethroids. So you're just putting a lot more active out there. And then, you know, pound for pound, gram for gram, what have you, of the active of bifenthrin just tends to be a little bit more uh, active on that browns. I say that and I'm kind of worried about bifenthrin. And the reason is that we spray brown stink bugs with bifenthrin in corn, cotton, soybeans, you know, everywhere. (laughs) So, So don't treat when you don't have to not only because you're wasting money, but it it's going to help us keep this chemical around a little bit longer because we don't have a lot of other things we can use to to treat stink bugs. And there's yeah. nothing else that's labeled that's as effective in corn as, as the pyrethroid class. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, we, we don't see a lot of new chemistries coming down the pipe or onto the market. So we got to be good stewards of what we've got to use. If you're looking at stink bug management and, and stuff, are there... Uh, are there some things that you see that oftentimes farmers do wrong? In other words, what are some of the mistakes or biggest mistakes that you oftentimes see in treating uh, and managing stink bugs? Yeah, one of the first things we did uh, when I started in North Carolina, I guess it's 14 years ago now, is that we we followed a plane that was treating stink bugs and corn into the field. This was an aerial application and looked at stink bug numbers before and after the spray. And then we had big, big swaths that he treated and left untreated. And then we also did some work with another grower who did the same thing. And would you believe that those stink bug numbers were no different in the treated and untreated area? And I watched that, that applicator put the insecticide on it. No insecticide went on the field. I think he just wasn't able to get the coverage that's required to, to get those stink bugs. And I am no expert in how to, do aerial application or how to get coverage. But I, so I always encourage growers to work with their aerial applicator to ensure that it's getting down to where the stink bugs are. And I know it's possible. We followed sprays in Hyde County, 22 inch row spacing, huge tall canopies, three stink bugs per plant. And after the spray, they're all on the ground. So some folks can do it. Some folks can't. (laughs) I just encourage encourage that coverage to happen. It's going to be a little bit more difficult for, for folks uh, in that are farther west into the coastal plain that might have smaller field sizes. You know, those aerial applications are, are tough yeah, to get. Tough. Yeah, and yeah. I don't have some, I don't have any really brilliant answers for that one. The other thing I often see, and maybe you've seen it, is a lot of times farmers are applying stink bug 
control too late that uh, you know the mm. corn's already silked and all of a sudden we're putting on stink bug to control stink bugs that hadn't even that had already damaged the crop that's that's one that i often worry about in managing stink bugs is there anything else you might mention that, that you think about here that we haven't covered uh well i would encourage folks to scout and not just assume they do or don't have stink right. bugs yeah. there these are our probably some of the most well i'm not going to say the most they're the most predictable unpredictable pests we do. <laughs> they're predictable in that we know some year somewhere stink bugs are going to be an issue in some crop but we cannot tell you when that's going to be you look at a crop like soybeans i can look at a, a, a soybean planted in eastern north carolina in mid-june and i can almost guarantee you that's going to have earworms in it right <laughs> or it's going to the stink bugs are not that way. And just case in point, we sampled for a couple years in the, in the central coastal plain in Blacklands. And the Blacklands was where I had always thought stink bugs were traditionally our issue in corn. Would you believe that none of those fields hit threshold in the Blacklands, whereas quite a few did in the central coastal plain? Well, we thought we had it made and could figure out where our stink bugs were. So I put a graduate student on sampling fields in the central coastal plain last year, and he's doing it again this year. There's no stink bugs. <laughs> so, so just year to year, it, it varies. And unfortunately, there's no shortcuts. And and I, I'm with you. I don't like scouting corn either, but it, it has to be done if we want to know where those things are. Well, Dominic, thank you so much for joining us here today. Uh, this has been some really interesting information. I think it's just timely given the state of the crop right now. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of North Carolina Corn Kernels. We thank Dominic Rising for joining us here today, and we wish all of you out there happy farming as you control all of these pests that we find in corn. Take care.